standard issue for all women. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Sunday Chops. We have got a couple of humdingers for you this week. Over on the other chops, Jen and I natter with the mega excellent Sarah Pascoe, who has got, well, a whole lot going on right now. And that is delightful. We're mainly chatting about her cracking and important new book, Sex, Power, Money, but we cover a lot of other stuff too. Please do get it right in your ears. The one you're listening to right now is the fourth chops in our menopause series, and I got to hang out with the joy that is Meg Matthews to find out about her website, megsmenopause.com. I talked to Meg about the loneliness menopause can bring if you don't understand what's going on and how her experiences made her want to make things easier for other women. Meg's a lovely blend of a little bit woo-woo and a lot practical and her passion for the topic is palpable. I liked her enormously and I think you will too. And megsmenopause.com is a brilliant resource for any woman feeling like she's at the start of the peri, deep into it or even a good few years before it's likely to happen so you know you know what to expect. Also, Meg mentions the NICE guide is downloadable from her website, and that too is a great resource and invaluable if you're worried about a HRT shortage, as it'll give you alternatives to your usual brand, as well as loads of other info. We are always happy to big up our smashing guests, and I've got to say that I have found this series incredibly helpful. And although the perimenopause is always going to be easier told than saddled and rode, I feel like I'm going to hit it rather than have it sucker punch me. I hope you found this series helpful too. Hello, I am with activist, entrepreneur and 90s icon, Meg Matthews. Hi, Meg. Hi. And thank you for coming round. Thanks so much for having me in your very beautiful home where I was paranoid so I've taken my shoes off. So apologies. But I love the fact that you're a floor person like me. So we are sitting here on my pink carpet in my pink house. It is, it is very pink. It's also got a massive statue of Mickey Mouse, which, you know, being called Mickey, big fan. There you go. Big fan. I've come round to talk to you about Meg's Menopause, which is your website. So I guess the first thing to start with is what kicked it all off? Right, okay. So what happened was, so I'm 53 now, about 47, 48 I was starting to have times where I was not feeling 100%, but I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. I had no clue, but wasn't just felt off days. So I was one of those people that thought I was suffering from depression. So I went on antidepressants. And then, of course, uh, the antidepressants don't really work for the anxiety and the, the ups and downs because it's your hormone imbalance. It's not your serotonin imbalance. Mm-hmm. So then you're starting to feel a bit nuts even more so. And then all of a sudden I was like told words like perimenopausal, postmenopausal, 34 symptoms. And I was just like, really think I'm a woman of the world. And I've never heard this this word ever in my life. Why am I 50 years old and never heard the word perimenopausal? And then I started to ask lots of women, you know, about the word, you know, like did a podcast with Liz Earle. I said to her, perimenopausal, she said, no. And look at her, amazing woman, MBE. You know, we, we're just not told about this mm-hmm. at all. If I go in a room and I do a talk to wherever if I'm um, global women in news or in the foreign office or wherever I'm doing a talk and I look around the room and there's a whole mixture of 30 40 year olds and say that there's 300 women in the room if I ask them nearly all of them will not know what it is or what the difference is between postmenopausal and menopause every woman is going to suffer this in the world 
every woman's going to go through it, but nobody knows about it. We're just women, Meg. Why would we get told? You're told, absolutely. So, you know, at school, you you do sex education, which I don't even remember doing. But, you know, it only goes up to having a baby. And then you're just told your periods are going to stop and you might have a hot flash. That is it. Nothing is explained that these are vital hormones that basically support us from getting osteoporosis. You know, one in three women will will have a stroke or a heart attack in this country, which is one of the biggest deaths that more than men now with women. And also a collapsed pelvic floor. So... HRT, estrogen needs to be taken like a medicine. I know that it's, I feel bad because some women, you know, with estrogen dominant cancers and stuff can't take it. There's all sort of natural ways and stuff that people can do things. But as a whole, if you are a healthy young woman and you are able to take it, then I fully would suggest taking HRT. I think it's really interesting what you said about the symptoms because when we are taught or told or find out a little bit about the menopause or the perimenopause which you can have symptoms from when you're around 35 yeah you're told hot flashes night sweats you're not really told about the mental health no. symptoms that can come up and that that anxiety that that brain fog affects so many women when in every other aspect of their life it's when we're flying we're doing well in our careers. yeah absolutely you think so you think like you've come through all the way and then all of a sudden you're like wow you know I've thought oh come there you know Nais has done her A levels you know everything you've just got to the you know like you said your career's doing well and then all of a sudden, the mental side for me, I didn't leave this house for three months. Oh, did you get agoraphobic? Yeah, got agoraphobic. My mum and my grandma both got that, so it's I'm really a, looking forward to it. Right, <laughs> so I got it. I could not leave this house for three months. And I told everyone I had glandular fever because it's the only excuse I knew that everyone would leave me alone and they could quite believe it. Did you just want to hibernate? No, hibernate. I could not leave this house. Oh, I could not even walk. I'd walk out of that door there. What I used to do was, so it didn't affect my family, so with Anais and my partner... I'd set the alarm, I'd get up and I'd do them breakfast and I'd make everything seem like it was normal, the radio would be on, the whole buzzing in the house. The minute that they left, Ines would... um, I couldn't drive either, had the fear of driving. So Ines would get an Uber because she was 15, so she was only in Hampstead. And a partner would go to work and then I would just basically stay in the house I felt like I really could not leave the anxiety the overwhelming of life the foggy brain the aching joints and then I would set the my alarm again for four o'clock and then put a bit of makeup on and then throw on an outfit which I had and I'd probably just be round like this all day and then just try to look there and then be normal and then you know cook tea and act really light and everything was fine and then just say we've had a really hectic day I need an early night yeah, and nobody questioned her no one questioned it because everyone was so used to me I used to be up at 6am I used to be going to the gym I was very very active because I've got ADHD so for me to be hibernating staying in would just wouldn't go so no one would question it they just thought oh she must be out and about all day and then I'd sort of about 8.39 say oh I'm going to go to bed now and then I would just creep up to bed and watch Netflix and stay in bed and whatever. I can imagine it felt incredibly lonely because it didn't feel like you had anyone to reach out to. No, well, no, you don't. You just, I thought that everything I was going through was part of my Britpop mental hardcore raving <laughs> partying days. Which, Disco damage. 
Disco damage, good word for it. Yes, so that was definitely what I thought was going on with me. I thought, my mum had said to me, you know, all this is going to catch up with you. I mean, it's, you know, it's um, it's common knowledge. I did cocaine, I took ecstasy, I partied very hard. You had a lovely time. Yeah, of course, you know, it was part of that. But at the time, then all of a sudden, when all this starts happening to you and your nervous system is shattered because of the anxiety and your, your joints are aching and you're not sleeping at night and you're worrying and you've got foggy brain the only thing I could think of was shit you know I never knew what was in any of those ecstasy tablets I was taking (laughs) you know what I mean I was taking all these things no one they didn't know what we were taking we were like we were scientific like we were like guinea pigs which is true yeah yeah so you know all what happened in the early 80s in the 80s I mean we don't know but that's all that I kept thinking so I was embarrassed and think well what am I going to say I had no idea that it was lack of progesterone and estrogen and testosterone. So what clued you upon the fact it might not be just a bit of disco damage and drugs? Because uh, I was in an AA meeting thinking that I was going mental and then a nice woman pulled me to one side and said, you're not, you're going through the menopause. Right. This is it. Do you want my number? I'm going to call you later. I'm going to talk you through a load of stuff. You kind of had a sponsor. For the, <laughs> you know for what the I menopause. mean? Yeah. <laughs> so she called me up and then she just said, everything you said I've been through. Because actually, I'm um, no two menopauses seem to be the same. No, well, no so, two women are the same. No, so, so we all be? have. But I just seem to have said everything that this lady had been through. So she was just like, you know, this is what you need to ask for. This is it. There's such things as menopause clinics, blah blah blah. And she just basically pointed me in the direction, took photos of everything I needed to take, and then so I knew that to get into the GP would, um, you know, I thought I'm not, I'm not waiting. So I went to see my my gynaecologist, who's a private Sarah Matthews at the Portland, because I just thought, you know, I can't do another day like this. So I did that, and I went to see her, and of course I was able to do blood test straight away but it's expensive and then I've got everything I needed but then I knew from this I just thought oh my god I need to help women there's women out here who are going to suffer so then Sarah Matthews is really good and she understood and I just said look I'm now going to do everything on the NHS because there's 13 million women in the UK and probably you know four percent can afford to do this private so I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go and do it through my journey through the GP. I'm going to get go to um, a menopause clinic and start writing about it. And so everything I do now, I do on the NHS. And, you know, everything that going to a menopause clinic, how to do it, what to ask for, a list to tick off, you know, if you're not getting along with your doctor. Yeah, so I just thought I just need to make it available and not, you know, private. Meg's menopause is nearly two years old, so... I know it is. Wow, thank you. What was the response from other women when you first put it out there? Well, I was quite surprised because I had the launch party. So I started 2017 and then we launched January 2018. If anyone had ever invited me to a menopause launch (laughs) party, I would never have gone five (laughs) years ago. So I've got to say... It was amazing to see hundreds of uh, people turned up. We had a queue around the block. Even Lorraine sent TV cameras down there, and they never send cameras anywhere out of Lorraine. I've never known them to Lorraine actually show to ever go Lorraine on the streets. No, 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 they don't. No. No, I've never seen it ever. But they sent a TV film crew down. 
to film the menopause launch, do you know what I mean? So, and people came and everyone spoke and no one was embarrassed and, you know, people were, I knew some women were lying because I knew that they were a lot older than they said they were. <laughs> <laughs> they was like, it's not happening to me. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> but that's really interesting because I think there is that denial because there's still a stigma around women aging were not allowed to age there's that pressure which I'm sure you must have felt tenfold being in the public eye to chase Mm. youth yeah there was um but I think once it's something really weird because you know through your 40s and your mid 40s I did feel like that but then all of a sudden when I'm now 53 I feel more comfortable in my skin I'm happy with the way I look and I'm happy with the way that I am for once because I tried every fad diet. I wanted every single hair colour, was never comfortable in my skin. That's probably why I was an addict. Always wanted to be something different or wanted to look different or was never thin enough or never this enough. And then all of a sudden I was just like, you know what? I'm happy now in my skin. And I think it's something that comes with age and it does come with like so like you know if I was in as I describe it always if I was in a tribe now and you know and was a caveman or living in uh, a tribe I would be the wise woman of the village now I wouldn't be you know chasing all the young warriors trying to fornicate because that's the young women I would have children I would have people coming to talk to me I would have my food brought to me I would be looked after as the elder in the village and respected and that's how I sort of feel now isn't it brilliant because I think obviously for time as long as we can remember because it's been a patriarchy for as long as we can remember maiden mother crone yeah crone utterly gets dismissed but it's the best fucking fun because you just have more freedom so much more freedom yeah it's like you know what it's like when I turned 50 I tattooed the heart on my face because I thought there's no going back now (laughs) that is it now and I can finally do it and then I did that one there so every year one gets put somewhere so, do you know what I mean? So we did, I think, this was 50, this was 51, I think this was 52. Ah, uh, this was 30, this, this was 40. There you go, so you'll be doing it, yeah. yeah. Got, got so I'm doing the next one, I'm doing tattoo all around my ear, so yeah, that's going to be my 54th, yeah. So I, so I did that, so that was me saying, you know what, you know, always wanted to do a tattoo on my face, but was always like thought no you know you can't be doing that and then at 50 I thought well I'm not going back now so it doesn't matter just as long as if I had a facelift it doesn't turn out end up there somewhere I said I to the guy cool. <laughs> yeah I said yeah he said if I have a facelift will it be up there he was like no 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 it won't move that far Meg I was like okay good <laughs> the conversation has shifted and Meg's menopause the website as well as your journey is part of that conversation that is getting louder and louder mm. why do you think that is I just, I think, um, it's it's just, I think everything, maybe women, well, we know something to do with, like, it's the year of Aquarius and there's a lot going on for women in the planets and it, it's a very, but also there happened to be Me Too, didn't there? Then there happened to be, like, pay rises in women and I just think it was, it's all about timing and I just think I came out exactly at the time. I think everything has to do with things with timing. I might have been too early, maybe three years. There was women talking about it, but it just wasn't picked up on. I just think the timing was completely right for it. I think 
a lot of women that I'd sort of grown up with through the Britpop times had all of a sudden become editors and become lots of things I in the magazines. So key. I think it's so and key. they they're all at an age, and so I thought if I'm cannot be the only woman that's that's feeling this, so if I start talking loud enough about it and more open and it was there was people like Sarah Bailey there was all these people that started to back me and support me so you know I was very open and then there was like Lorraine on Lorraine and so then all of a sudden they wanted they needed and they needed a celebrity so it just happened that I was already I'd already set Meg's menopause up in 2017 so there wasn't anything else out there Mm -hmm. and also it is amazing and I think you know all my stuff that's written is very good and you know, the the people that write my stuff are the doctors that I have are amazing and the guest people that write and you know, and all the women that, that contribute to it is amazing and well, it's, it's great. It's really easily laid out. Yeah, it's that's like it. Really it's really engaging yeah. and it's very, very informative. Which is what I needed because And I've, it's pink. Yeah. And it's because I've got ADHD and I've got dyslexia, so I needed everything to be just pictures pink and very you know quick to read and not just jargon because whenever I went on other things it didn't keep me engaged Mm -hmm. I just wanted quick to know boom what headaches why what what can I do I wanted things that were kept to a a span you know it's like when I started to do my podcast first of all they were going to be like they were like 90 minutes and then all of a sudden they're like 25 minutes now because I was like no but I can keep talking no no one's going to listen to you Meg you know I mean I was like you sure everyone they're like no it's not going to work for 90 minutes even though you think you can talk for 90 minutes people shut off so you know you know and that's why why now I'm like you know most reading stuff I think it's six minutes and five minutes yeah, our and attention spans getting much, really much shorter. yeah much shorter in this time so you know it's and also for that's why I wanted it like you said just lots of pictures lots of lots of short little bits that you know and if you want to then you know you can go into more detail I think you can go on the Instagram and then you can go on online and then there'll be a lot more information for you if you yeah, want to get starting points is yeah. to get people interested and also I think what's really important and what Meg's Menopause does beautifully is there's a forum so it's getting other women to talk to each other yeah because I have a theory that it suits people's needs to keep women apart or that it's like historically pit women against yeah. each other because when we get together we share really important information that yeah. makes us very empowered Absolutely, yeah, you're very right there. Yeah. And no, you're finding women are really like pitching into the forum. Yeah, no, I mean, the thing is, we would love to have a forum, but um, we've lots of people that I know that have tried to have forums, they, you always end up with trolls and people, you know, being on them. They've got to be monitored 24 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Do you know what I mean? Monitoring. It's a lot of work. And then you do, it takes one person just to come in and start, and then it gets closed down, and the press pick on it and stuff like that. I mean, it would be great if we could, because that was what one of the things that I first wanted to do. Um, but then a couple of other well-known people had done it, and it would just it turned all against all the good work that they'd done. It just taken a few people. I mean, you don't even know if they're actually women on there. But they just start, you know, being really vulgar, and you can't control it. So, yeah. sorry, I meant more that you've got a really no, no, I know that's what I'm saying. They are talking to each yeah. other, yeah. But I'm saying I would have loved to have had a forum. I know that people talk to each other all the time on it, and it's great. Yeah. But that's the reasoning why that we didn't actually set up a pr- 
proper forum because it was like I thought that's what we could do in the beginning and then I didn't know that you had to have it you know monitored 24 hours a day because everything can go mad you know what I mean yeah I mean but you know um people talk to each other all the time I read their messages yeah back and forth giving each other advice and you know and saying you know do this or I do that try this out no it's lovely that they can speak to each other to a woman in Scotland who says that They've started menopause cafes. Yes, they have. How good is that? Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I, I've started Meg's Menopause Meetings, which is on the same sort of... Um, I had the first one in July. We stopped in August because there'll be no one in London. I had it at the local church here and they're once a month. And anybody can come to them. Children, dads, brothers, fathers, dogs, babies... And I wanted them to be like Weight Watchers. So I want people to be able to... We're putting leaflets together. They are going to be quite monitored because when I was sort of deciding to set this up, we thought exactly the same again. I don't want like some mad person going out there and start preaching or telling women to do things so they had to be really structured Mm -hmm. like a Weight Watcher so you could go there once a week and you could go on a Wednesday night and anyone could do it in their town hall in in the middle of Solihull or in the middle of North Norfolk and then they take their money and then basically um, just pay for the town hall or the community centre and then the profits at the end of the year would either go to like the Daisy Network or to some charity, uh, a menopause charity at the end of the year. So we're working on those leaflets That's at the moment. Yeah. So it means that, so, you know, it's like, you know, women can just, you know, they go to Weight Watchers, they get supported there, they get weighed, they go and chat. But it's the same sort of thing. So wherever you are, you know, your husband or your family, if you haven't got anyone else to talk to, you can just say, oh, I'm just popping to the church hall or I'm just going for a meeting. You don't even have to say what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? The first meeting I had, a woman um, had breast cancer. Another woman there, her husband had passed away. I had 10 women that turned up on my first one and it was so nice and I mean it started at 7 but no one left till 9.30 <laughs> you couldn't get everyone was drinking cups of tea and chatting and it was such a nice and everyone felt very supported everyone came there and they just said that they just felt like they could chat away about what they were feeling and you know and I really think this is going to take off and really work I think it's really key that you're inviting men as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Because that's the thing. There's no education for women. There's certainly no education for men, but it affects all of us. It affects everybody in the family. That's why I said anybody's welcome. Teenagers, babies, dogs. dogs. We had everything. (laughs) We had dogs in there. We had a... It's available. I had my trainer. He wanted to come along because he said, Meg, as I'm as I've seen to women you know like the same as you he said I was training you 15 years ago but you know now you're menopausal but you're you're very open about it but he said I would like to speak to other women other than you because you don't find it hard to talk about so I'd be interested to sit there to ask other women how I the best way for me to approach a shy woman going through the menopause he said because it's easy for you you would just go I'm going through the menopause I'm really sorry I've jumped on the trampoline oops I've wet myself but <laughs> no, most other yeah. women will not they're not as open as you so you just say why don't you just ask them or say he said but I would find it interesting to just listen to other women and ask them how would they like to be approached because I know that they're suffering and I'm working them out and they haven't got enough energy and I know that they're going through the 
menopause, but I know that they're quite shy. Yeah. So, and I just thought, wow, that's great. So he said, I will definitely love to be at the next one because it will be interesting for me. It will help me with, he said, probably a third of my women because they're the ones that actually can afford a personal trainer at this age. They'll put money in from the age of 45 or whatever. They, you know, they have money to pay for personal training so they're all going and they're all into this age so I need to know about really how to train them because it's important and once you've got those adjustments in place I guess it makes life a lot more straightforward so your website describes you as an advocate for the menopause which is really cheering because it gets, yeah it gets a bad press it does yeah I know I love it I just wondered what you had learned through this process about yourself I think uh, for myself I never saw myself as being the poster girl for the menopause (laughs) I thought I was going to be a really glamorous interior designer and all this and I have got so much out of building a sisterhood being of service to women just every day reading those comments helping women just giving back to life in general just makes me feel just so honoured and it really gives me a purpose in life. That is worth more to to you than anything. It's like having a gratitude list, really. It's being a purpose to to women is just such a great feeling. It's just so nice. I can't describe it. Out of all the things I've done in my life, other than all my animal stuff, as we know, I'm a very big animal activist, other than with my animals, the menopause comes to par with that. Because they're two things people didn't have a voice and I've been able to be a voice for. Just to let you know, if you missed us at King's Place in London last weekend, you can catch us there on October the 4th when we have just announced we will be joined by Queen of Daytime TV, Alison Hammond, and the extremely kick-ass Stella Creasy MP. Also, we've just announced the first name for the lineup of our International Men's Day Eve gig, which is on November the 18th, and we will be joined by Craig Parkinson, a.k.a. he of Dot in Line of Duty, and also a host of the excellent Two Shot podcast. Both of those gigs are going to be absolutely cracking so if you would like to join us then please do get yourself a ticket you can find out information about all of our shows on our website at www.standardissuepodcast.com what are you up to next so i'm basically doing a book as you heard as you came in the room. I did. I had a sneak, 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 sneak preview. preview. So yes, I've got a book, which I'm very excited because the UK signed it and then also the US signed it, which I was very, very excited. Did you say it's Random House in Cambridge? Yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, okay. but anyway, I, I don't know. Out. They haven't said I have, but sometimes these publishing houses, I mean, I'm sure you can say it doesn't. No, you can say it. It's, on, it's already on Amazon. What am I going to say? It's already there's pre-release is not out till 2020 it already says it's available for pre-sale so yeah of course yes you've got to get that written I know you have I just noticed that it's already on Amazon someone said to me they saw it and I'm like even written it yet <laughs> I'm in talks with doing a documentary for Netflix amazing this is about uh, the menopause about the well. menopause I'm wanting to do a program about menopause around the world different cultures different women because I speak to lots of cultures because it does affect women differently from like
like Muslim women that have to be covered up, the osteoporosis and the lack of vitamin D. And then I'm thinking of wanting to go. We know that some cultures don't even have the word menopause in their vocabulary. We know women in Japan and stuff because they eat so much soy that they tendency not to go through it anywhere like a Western woman. Oh, really? That's because they're already eating tofu and a lot of this stuff, which you know from very early age. And then I was interested in women from Brazil and different cultures in Africa. So, of course, it would have to be someone like Netflix who've got a lot of money because they have a lot of money for their series. And then travel around and just find out different cultures and women and age and why Western women, all of a sudden, I'm finding that Western women are suffering really badly from it. Also, this I truly believe is that kids from from the 60s, I think that our quality of our food is disgusting at the moment i mean it's not our fault that the soil just doesn't have nutrients in anymore for the like you know it's just been it's just been farmed to death yeah you know uh which i'm a child of the pesticides you know from the 70s as we know you know gluten our bodies can't break down anymore gmo i mean anxiety i really believe is everything to do with 4g all this sort of stuff i really honestly believe that my mum's menopause was as bad but it wasn't as bad as ours I think in the last 15 years I just think you know we know that blue light plays up with estrogen levels and hormones at night you know everywhere you look everyone's got a phone they've got an iPad there's a blue light somewhere we know that 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 is for the lack of sleep so I believe all this stuff together as well is really interesting to me because I want to know if there is these areas in Alaska and, and stuff like this that women do they have it as badly and I'm really really interested it would be good to actually go in there because I think that most of the women I notice who have it the worst are ones that live in big cities surrounded by technology and and have a shitty diet should I say it's that catch-22 of social media isn't it and the internet in that you can find people who can help you discuss what you're going through and help you understand what you're going through but it it has such a, a terrible effect on our mental health yeah i mean i don't my phone for i don't answer my phone after 6 p.m so if you were to give a woman who is sort of reaching perimenopausal age hello yeah um, hello i'd just, like to say should instance, i mention yes just for instance me yes. what what tips would you give me right i would say that if you're around the age of 45 i would definitely would go on hrt earlier than later mm-hmm um, you can, um, from the up to the age of, I think, 45, you can have a blood test. We just say afterwards from 47, 48, you just, self, you just self-diagnose. You can self-diagnose anyway, being perimenopause, you don't really have to. But don't leave it. It's better to be on anything like HRT. It's better to be on it earlier. I think most people just think it's better to, to do it later. To You know, we have this thing like staying off it. Also, I just rub a bit of gel on my thigh. Oh, are you on the gel? I'm on the gel. gel. patches, tablets, Yeah, right? so I do gel. We, As we know with gel is is basically, it doesn't orally, doesn't have to go through the liver. It just goes straight into the bloodstream. So mm-hmm. there's no clotting or anything. I just rub. And then I rub testosterone here. And then I take the progesterone tablet. So you put the estrogen on. And then the progesterone tablet at night helps you sleep. And then 
it's like the lawnmower and then it comes and it cuts the grass so it takes away the oestrogen that you don't need so okay, I'll describe that it like that that can be quite dangerous if yeah. you've got too much oestrogen yeah. so then that comes along yeah so I take 100 milligrams of a thing called oestrogen which is probably one of the best on the market only costs the NHS I think it's £4 for the oestrogen gel so it's not an expensive thing for the NHS mm-hmm. it's £4 it's nothing like you know there's a lot of drugs that we know out there that you know that are like you know £50,000 a year and yeah. stuff so this is all it costs it's four pounds for a tub and that lost you i think like two months or something well fingers crossed because obviously there is a hrt crisis and well, shortage. yes but, but not yeah. on all of them i mean um i think that's it like there, i have louise around. i've got a list of louise newson it's like anything what the media do they've done this whole thing again with this cancer and the lancet report and you know it's just don't get taken in into all the press please guys you know it, you know what I, and i know from being written about by them that 99% of it is crap i have to say yeah so there is a list that i got off louise newson the menopause doctor of HRT that is still available there is still a lot available out there if yours is in shortage or not available then you can take this list in and you can ask your GP which is the closest one to you big fat book can give you a few minutes of looking through to see it's not our fault that GPs are not trained up with them and lots of GPs that you know lots of people have had are you know like I know my dad's GP he's had with him since you know in his 30s and same age as my dad now but he's still working i know that he he it's not been his fault he's probably not done a refresher course he doesn't know about what's going on what's new about gel he's probably still giving the same hrt tablet i hope you didn't pick up on this that he probably gave to a woman back in you know 20 years ago you know and our gps at the moment we know that they not even getting three hours worth of of um in seven years of teaching in the menopause so we know that's all got to change so educate ourselves and go in there informed yeah so you can download from from my uh, website it's called the nice guide and then it has a list on it and then if you tick like 10 of these you can take it it then explains to you what hrt is do not get taken into bioidenticals please what i take it we call it uh, body identicals you know there's these compounded made things up by anyone can make them up you don't know exactly what you're taking into your body you're paying absolutely like the 90s all over again Meg. i know it is <laughs> so you don't know what you're taking you know there's all these hormone doctors out there and different clinics and they're just mixing up and they're just giving you these bioidentical stuff you know exactly what's in the body identicals the gel is amazing and it works and all this worrying about putting on weight and stuff like that that is just because as we get older we just get thicker in the middle you don't it doesn't make you put on weight it actually gives you more energy it helps you sleep it's it's like the minute that i went on it my whole life changed my night sweat stopped in four days that's incredible so that's how i'm saying how much your body needs estrogen and your heart and we need it because at one when i didn't understand it i went i forgot to take it on holiday with me and i came back and i went to my you know i spoke to sarah matthews that friend of mine gp and i went i felt great oh you know what i've not i am taking it for for I said for six weeks I said I've not taken it 
and haven't I done well? And she went, well, Meg, if you want to really age and be like a wrinkled prune and go, and, and be like a 90-year-old grandma, then feel free. So what do you mean? She said, because this will help with your collagen, help with you staying fit, help with your muscles, help with everything. It's, it, you need to put it in your body. It's not, you're not doing well. I thought I was doing well because I was feeling great and not on it. Yeah, but it it isn't. She's she was like, well, if you know, you you want you need to take it. It's good to take. And then I was like, oh, I really had the wrong end of the stick for a long time. Where can people get involved? Where can we find you? Where can you find me? I don't mean track you down. <laughs> I, yeah, I, was about to say, I don't, know where you don't live. Don't give my address. No, I meant more on the internet. <laughs> oh, right, more on the internet. So, um, <laughs> megsmenopause dot com, of course. I have a podcast every week myself that's out and about, and then I'm always doing other people's podcasts. I have a conference next year in May coming out, and October I am everywhere. I am in (laughs) Dublin, I am in Manchester, I'm in France, I'm in, I don't know, I mean the whole of October just happens to be because it's menopause day and it's mental health day i just think yeah i'm just everywhere so So, watch out for a meg in your town yeah i just think i will be somewhere everywhere i think from the end of september there isn't a day that i'm not doing something that's probably why I came round. You know, I was in my towel today thinking, yeah. It was a very exciting hello at the door when Meg yeah. greeted me in her towel. Yeah. And I was like, what have I signed up for? <laughs> and I know there's me like, oh God, forgotten again. The foggy brain <laughs> syndrome. I have lost my car keys actually. So it's probably a good thing because I've been looking for my car keys all day now if I would have found them I probably wouldn't have been in so it probably was a great thank god for the menopause yeah I know I can't find my car keys and that is probably why I'm still in the house and I can't I can't find them anywhere well I'm very pleased then so thank you so much for chatting to me no and thank you for having me standard issue For all women.